You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Time once again for the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL. It is a Monday afternoon. It is officially game week. That's right. You guys, you gals, you have survived the quest, the stretch through the desert, the Death Valley, also known as the offseason on the college football calendar year. It is here, the Alabama Crimson Tide gearing up for that season opener Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium as Utah State, the Aggies from Logan, Utah, set to pay a visit, fresh off their season opening win Saturday over the UConn Huskies. We'll get into some previews of that matchup for Saturday coming up. It was beneficial to folks like myself because I got a look at Utah State. We'll have three matchups for Alabama and Utah State coming up in a couple of days at BOL. We'll have the five predictions for the game on Friday. And, of course, Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair, they're going to fill in a ton of blanks for us in terms of team coverage for Alabama as we get you ready for that 2022 season opener. Just weird to say that. Season opener, Bryant-Denny Stadium. With all the neutral site games over the last decade or so, just haven't seen that much. Got to go back to 2011, I guess. Nick Saban's alma mater, Kent State, visited Alabama that season. You had a quarterback controversy. Not really a controversy. You had a couple of quarterbacks and A.J. McCarron and Phillip Sims that were looking to replace Greg McElroy from 2009 and 2010. 2010, Alabama opened at home, too, against San Jose State. You had the home and home in 10 and 11 with Penn State. So Alabama opened with the Spartans of San Jose State in 2010, Kent State in 2011, Penn State visited Tuscaloosa in 2010, Alabama returned the favor in making the trip to State College a year later, but it has been a while since we've seen Alabama open a season at home. That will be the case this time around. Now, Before we really get going with the depth chart and running through that, we want to acknowledge the scary news, shocking news out of the D.C. area on Sunday as former U.A. running back Brian Robinson sustained multiple gunshot wounds in association with what has been reported to have been a robbery attempt. Now, thankfully, the injuries to B-Rob were not of the life-threatening variety, and he is expected to make a fairly quick and full recovery. Obviously, you wonder about his status, his availability for the Commanders and their season opener coming up in a couple of Sundays against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But again, far more important is the fact that Brian survived the incident and he will live to see another day of life. It's shades, really, of Brandon Dedrick back in 2009. Remember the former Alabama defensive lineman was shot in the lead-up to the season opener against Virginia Tech in Atlanta? And you look at Brian Robinson, perseverance is probably the first word that comes to mind for me when I think about him because he bided his time at Alabama, waded through a very deep and talented running back situation to get his shot in 2001, took 
full advantage of it a year ago, got himself drafted by the Washington Commanders, ready to make his NFL debut in just a couple of weeks, and something like this happens. Not good, but again, as upsetting as all this is, and you also hope from a mental perspective he's able to recover, because that has to be just an incredibly traumatic experience, but physically, emotionally, mentally, some hurdles to clear, no doubt, but I go back to that word, perseverance, when I think about Brian Robinson. On to the primary news of the day, and that, of course, being Depth Chart Monday as Alabama prepares for Utah State coming up on Saturday night. Um, you know, Nick Saban likes to pref- likes to refer to this uh, depth chart as more of an administrative grouping. Whatever it is, Alabama distributed one of them on Monday. And if you're wondering from an oars perspective, I always am fascinated by the number of oars that we'll see or something similar to that. Maybe it's a slash in some years. Uh, to essentially say there's ongoing competition for a starting job or a depth role on an Alabama football team. Not as many of those on this one. You know, last year, I want to say there were somewhere in the neighborhood of 24, 25. Uh, This year, struggling to get the double digits where oars are concerned. But what we'll do is we'll start with the quarterback position and we'll work our way through this football team as we get you ready from a depth chart perspective for Utah State. At the quarterback spot, of course, Bryce Young there as the starter. Jalen Milrow as a clear-cut number two as the backup to Bryce Young. And then you have true freshman Ty Simpson. So big stretch coming up for Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. You think that these guys are going to have an opportunity over the coming months, more so on the practice field than anything else, to show the coaching staff and even their teammates that, look, if this is it for Bryce Young, one or both of us are capable of directing this football team in 2023. I think that's what needs to be built upon for both these guys. I like Ty Simpson in that three-hole because if he is going to be more of your scout team offense quarterback, I think he brings skill set and ability to that role that's going to help you get ready for the likes of Quinn Ewers in a couple weeks. And he's a good enough passer that regardless of the type of quarterback you're going to go against on a week-by-week basis, he's going to do a good job where simulation is concerned. Um, Haynes King, even with uh, uh, Texas A&M down the road, uh, I think Haynes King probably a big part of what helped him win that starting job at Texas A&M is that he can do some things with his legs. So Ty Simpson I like there in that three-roll. Jalen Milrow looking to continue to build upon the growth that we've seen from him really since his junior year of high school, more so as a passer and being able to access everything Alabama wants to do offensively. That's the challenge to Jalen Milrow moving forward. And again, both these guys uh, really need to establish themselves as legitimate, viable successor types to Bryce Young because, you know, the transfer portal for quarterbacks, as we've seen here in the last year or so, it's not just for guys who are number twos or didn't win jobs. Just look at Caleb Williams, you know, going from Oklahoma to SC. Now, his old coach went to SC, but... Caleb could have gone just about anywhere in the country. So that transfer portal is always just a click or two away, and it works 
both ways. At the running back position, Jameer Gibbs, you expected to see the Georgia Tech transfer there on that first line with the running backs. That is, in fact, the case. Then you get Jace McClellan or Roydell Williams. Not a surprise there. Both those guys coming off the knee injuries. Uh, hear good things about both of them and their return. Jace probably a little bit ahead of Roydell because he was injured earlier in the 2021 season. Trey Sanders there. Uh, also on that next line with the running backs. You know, some years Alabama will have three backs on a depth chart, and you'll look at it and say, yeah, but I don't think they're going to really script in or game plan for three backs on a week-to-week basis. I don't think that's the case here. I think this is a group that you will see in the plan, really through the four guy. Trey Sanders, if there's some way to get him involved as well, but certainly through the top three, those are going to be running backs that are included on a week-to-week basis. Jameer Gibbs at the top of that list with his explosiveness, and again, his versatility makes the possibility for playing two of these guys together at the same time, Jameer Gibbs and Jace McClellan or Jameer Gibbs and Roydell or even Trey Sanders. You're going to have some schematic and personnel versatility that Jameer Gibbs is going to allow you to employ on a week-to-week basis. Wide receiver, pretty interesting because there's Trayshawn Holden on the top line at the Z position. Jermaine Burton is your starter at the X and something else that might have raised a few eyebrows, although you had heard some really positive buzz about Kobe Prentice throughout the preseason, but there the true freshman is on that top line at the H position. Now, I think Ja'Cory Brooks, who is listed as next guy up at the Z behind Holden, if you were going to say next guy in at Z or maybe even X, I would probably go Ja'Cory Brooks there as the fourth receiver right now. Um, Tyler Harrell listed as the backup to Jermaine Burton at the X. And Jermaine can play the Z, too. So you got to understand a lot of these roles are interchangeable. Trayshawn Holden can play in the slot if Alabama wants to put him in there. Uh, So especially the guys that have been around for a few years that know all three of the primary positions, they're not tethered to just one position right now. I'm sure Kobe Prentice, the preference with him in his short time in the program has been learn the H, rep him up at the H, and that'll probably be the extent of his knowledge of those positions at this point in his development. But guys like Holden, guys like Burton, guys like Brooks even – going into year two you anticipate them being able to play multiple roles so keep that in mind too where the wide receiver position is concerned but really you get the sense that with this wide receiver group the best that we're going to see from that area is yet to come they may light it up Saturday night wouldn't surprise me at all if Alabama with Bryce Young pulling the trigger puts up some big numbers against Utah State through the year but when you think about Jojo Earl is out and in all likelihood would have been on that top line at the H or certainly right there with Kobe Prentice. You think about that Tyler Harrell still trying to get to full go. It sounds like at that X position, Uh, it's easy to think that mid October or so is when you're really going to see this group flourish. And you've got some of those true freshmen that are showing up right here on this depth chart with Prentice at the top at the H, Emmanuel Henderson listed behind him with Christian Leary there in the slot. Emmanuel Henderson with that versatility that you've heard Tim Watts and Hank South during the recruiting process talk about 
Uh, he's showing up here. Isaiah Bond is a true freshman there as a backup at the X. Kendrick Law, a true freshman as a backup at the Z. So maybe more so than a couple of years ago, perhaps this most recent haul of wide receiver slash athlete signees are going to hit. They're going to hit on maybe a few more of those guys. At the tight end position, interesting on Monday, no Cameron Latou there. So you had Robbie Oots, then Miles Kitzelman, and then Danny Lewis R. Amari Nyblack, the two true freshmen. Nick Saban said on Monday that Latou was going to return to practice in full today. So when you start thinking about a realistic or probable return to game action, if it isn't this week for Cameron Latou, you're hopeful that it is in a week's time when Alabama travels to Texas to take on the Longhorns on the road. But Oots, Kitzelman, these are guys that have gotten a ton of work in the preseason. I could envision a scenario if you're pairing Oots with Kitzelman that Kitzelman's more of your on-the-line tight end, on-the-ball tight end, whereas Oots might be more off the ball. Um, You can use Oots as almost like a fullback. Uh, His body type sort of screams that, whereas Kitzelman is built more along the lines of the traditional in-line tight end. And then Danny Lewis and Amari Nyblack. Uh, If these are your four guys going into game week, there's certainly reason to think that against an opponent like Utah State, with all due respect to the defending Mountain West Conference champions, you could see all four of these guys in the season opener. The offensive line positions, I thought, were interesting because this is typically where you'll see some oars, maybe if it's more from a depth perspective, but that wasn't the case this time around. And it lays out in line with what we were hearing throughout the preseason. It sounds like uh, Eric Wolford and the Alabama staff identified a first five pretty quickly in fall camp with Tyler Steen coming in from Vanderbilt there at left tackle. Kendall Randolph at left guard, Darian Dahlcourt at center, Emil Echior back at right guard, and then J.C. Latham, the sophomore, stepping in at right tackle. That five was a constant throughout the preseason and the two preseason scrimmages. And then from a depth perspective, you wonder about some potential scenarios where what if you need another tackle? What if something happens to Tyler Steen and or J.C. Latham? And you look at the depth chart, you see Amari Kite, you see Damian George as the backups at left and right tackle, respectively. But I sort of default to a potential kickout of Kendall Randolph from guard to tackle if one of those starting tackles goes out. And then with Javion Cohen listed behind Kendall Randolph at left guard, you've got a 14-game starter from a year ago that you could backfill for Randolph and then maintain some veteran presence and maybe some continuity because Kendall has certainly worked a good deal at the tackle position as well in the past. But you talk about Kendall Randolph and his place as a starter at left guard, you're happy for him as a six-year starter. But with Cam Latou out at tight end, it makes things even more interesting there at, at that tight end position because we know Kendall was such a big part of that or has been such a big part of that the last two years. It puts more of an emphasis on these young guys, these newcomers especially, like Kitzelman, like Lewis, like Nyblack, to step up and be ready to go 
in week one. At center, you've got Darian Dawcourt and Seth McLaughlin, so you feel good about the center position from a depth standpoint because Seth did perform well when called upon down the stretch of the 2021 season. Darian now back at full health. Really want to see what this guy is capable of. After getting all the experience from a year ago, unfortunately, a lot of it without the benefit of some good wheels, some healthy wheels, uh, you want to see what this guy can really bring to that position. And, you know, I think Tyler Booker is a guy that between guard and tackle potentially could swing for you if you needed him to. So the true freshman Tyler Booker shows up here in the 10 offensive linemen on the two deep Damian George back at right tackle. So again, more so from a depth standpoint, I think some interesting scenarios to consider at tackle uh, first and foremost. Uh, And then when you get into the interior spots, I I think you feel a little more comfortable with where you're at uh, in that regard. Let's move over to the defensive line. The big guys over there, it's, it's interesting. I think there are just so many different kind of combinations and scenarios that you could see play out during the upcoming season with so many of these guys having experience and then some guys that are emerging. And it all starts right there in the middle because your first glance at that group, you're going to see Jaheim Otis listed in or status with DJ Dale on the top line at the nose guard position. And it just lines up with everything that you've heard about Otis's preseason, starting with Pete Golding's comments there on media day earlier in the month. Nick Saban most recently talked about Jaheim Otis. He was asked again on Monday about Otis. And he essentially said, as far as the determination to have Jaheim Uh, at this place on the depth chart uh, it comes down to he's hard to block yeah that'll usually work you know if you're hard to block that'll typically help you move up the depth chart so this isn't just about a guy that has been a great story in my opinion one of the top two or three stories of the offseason and into the preseason where Alabama football is concerned this isn't just a big dude who's dropped 70 pounds great story and all those things and can two gap and you know eat up blockers The thing you continue to hear as much as anything else is he can get off blocks. He can make plays. And with the negative play production that Alabama has to replace there with Phil Mathis moving on, that's kind of important. Now, I think some people will look at the defensive end position and see Tim Smith listed on that first line and think, wait a minute, isn't he a nose tackle? Well, he has done some of that, but he is also one of these guys with an emphasis on the base defense and the big nickel that you have seen play some in. You saw him do it back in the spring, especially with Byron Young out. So at the one defensive end, you got Smith, Burroughs, and Damon Payne. Burroughs will be an interesting guy to watch, maybe more so in nickel pass rush, and even maybe the Dime Rabbits. Byron Young, Justin Aboigby, Jamarian Latham, some program veterans on the other side. Justin Aboigby, solid if not spectacular. Byron has seen his negative play production creep up the last two years, so you think that he should be able to help you in that regard as well. And you don't want to forget about Tim Keenan either there at nose guard because I think he's developed at a very nice pace and has put himself in position to be a legitimate rotational option as the 2022 season moves along. So you got six, seven, eight, nine guys there along that defensive line that on a week-to-week and even in terms of 
the style of offense that Alabama faces. It could be this guy one week. It could be more of this guy the next week. What will be interesting is to see who are the constants in the different packages that Alabama plays. Again, with an emphasis on maybe even more the dime rabbits because there's looking more and more like there's going to be one spot on the field for a defensive lineman when Alabama goes with six defensive backs. Because if they are going to run Dallas Turner, uh, Will Anderson, and Chris Braswell out there, maybe even in some nickel too, uh, it's going to be precious, the snaps, for defensive linemen, for a defense that might be outside linebacker heavy uh, in its nickel and certainly in its dime packages. So we talk about the outside linebackers, no surprises there. Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, Chris Braswell, those are your top three outside linebackers. So more about who's that fourth outside linebacker. It looks like right now it's Q Robinson. He shows up there as the backup to Dallas on the strong side, but strong side Jack interchangeable really in Alabama's defense if you can play one you're going to play the other Jeremiah Alexander the true freshman there listed third strong side linebacker Uh, Keanu Coat good to see him after an injury riddled first year in the program showing up here on the depth chart because you think about Will Anderson off to the NFL uh, you would assume that Chris Braswell Dallas Turner back uh, certainly Turner will be in 2023, but you got to continue to develop guys. And yes, Alabama's recruiting at a high, high level, as we know, but a guy like Keanu Coat may have an opportunity to get on the field. This is also an area where we talk about linebackers, and we'll get into this with the secondary as well. Special teams candidates, you know, guys like Q Robinson, we saw him do it last year. Didn't mention Demoy Kennedy as a outside linebacker, but he's in that mix on the edge and another guy that can help you on special teams. Keanu Coat, this would seem to be a spot where he jumps into that mix. Maybe Jeremiah Alexander as well as a young player. And then at the inside position, there is an interchangeability there that is similar to the outside because Henry Toa Coming back as your starter at the mic, Kendrick Blackshire listed as the backup to Henry Toa Toa. Will was a little bit surprising to me because I thought that might be an area where we saw an oar with Jalen Moody and Deontay Lawson. But Jalen listed as the standalone guy right now at the Will. Deontay next, and then Jihad Campbell, the true freshman, rounding out that trio at weak side. Now, again... There is a pecking order because of the positions feeding into one another from a personnel perspective. So I would say most certainly right now that Deontay Lawson is the third inside linebacker. Something happens to Henry Toa Toa. Something happens to Jalen Moody. Deontay Lawson is next guy on the field of, of these depth options that we're outlining and look even if something doesn't happen to Jalen Moody from an injury perspective we still might see Deontay Lawson and this is another area that I've outlined in the past where if you want to get situational whether it's base nickel or dime rabbits you can do it because Deontay Lawson can jump in to any of those packages as a third inside linebacker and just in terms of pass coverage I'd probably take Deontay Lawson right now as a cover backer over Henry Toa Toa and Jalen Moody. So just something just something to keep an eye on. Now we move to the secondary, and you anticipated the cornerback positions being home to some oars, and they did not disappoint. Kool-Aid McKinstry or Eli Ricks at one corner. Terry and Arnold 
or Kyrie Jackson at the other corner position. Now, from an availability perspective, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold have had the advantage there. Of those two, I would say the bigger surprise in terms of not being on the field first against Utah Saturday night would be Kool-Aid McKinstry, which from my vantage point means that other corner is most likely to come from Arnold, Ricks, or Jackson. Now, Jackson has been able to get back into the mix from a practice perspective, still waiting to see exactly what Ricks' availability. So in terms of likelihood for Utah State to open the game anyway, I got to think Kool-Aid's at one corner, and then Tarion Arnold or Kyrie Jackson at the other. And I've said it many times here on the podcast in the preseason and the offseason, I still have no reason to think that this isn't going to play out into the regular season, maybe even beyond Texas, maybe even through the month of September. But by the time you go to Arkansas on October 1st, obviously you'd like to uh, have your guys there. But just in terms of depth, you feel good about it. Because all four of these guys at corner, I think, are very capable of producing at a starter level at a place like Alabama. The star position, Brian Branch, Malachi Moore have gone back and back, back and forth over the last two years there. Right now, we see Brian Branch as the starter at star. Jordan Battle listed as the starter. No surprise there. Uh, All-American candidate uh, in Jordan Battle, a veteran the voice of the back end of that defense, Malachi Moore or Christian Story as the backup to Jordan Battle. Then you get to DeMarco Hellams at free safety, Devonta Smith in his second year in the program listed as the backup. Again, you start thinking about some potential situations if you had to replace one of these guys, let's say it's safety. Battle or Hellams goes out. I think you're looking at Branch or Moore actually being the next safety on the field because Brian, as we know, he can play star, he can play money, he can play corner, he can play safety. I think that's where your next guy would come from. And then because you have that experience between Branch and Moore in the sub packages, um, you could do some different things once you got there. But from a depth perspective, you feel very good about star. And you think about the dime package. We talked about some scenarios potentially for the pass rush, but from a secondary standpoint, your corners are going to be your corners. But then when you get to star and you can play Brian Branch there, Malachi, you would think, can play money at this point. Um, you know, We actually saw Daniel Wright more in that role at the end of the 2021 season. So uh, there's a little bit of a vacancy there, to, a little bit of a void to fill. DeMarco's played some money in the past but I think you're going to leave him alone at safety back there with with Jordan Uh, so Malachi certainly makes the most sense in some form or fashion when Alabama goes to his dime package because we've seen Brian play the money as well at dime so let's get into some special teams Will Reichard back as your starting place kicker you feel really good about that James Burnett back for year two as the punter will the Aussie take another step I've written about James Burnett probably more than anyone associated with the Alabama uh, beat in recent weeks, more so in terms of his approach. Uh, Obviously, the Australian-style punt worked best for him a year ago. That's the the approach with the nose-down drop, like Australian rules football, uh, which is certainly in his background. Uh, When he went to more of the traditional punts with the nose up, 
that you've seen in American football throughout the years, not quite as consistent. So I'm just interested to see if he commits to one or the other or if he improves from the American approach, traditional approach. I like Jack Martin as your backup there at kicker and punter because I think he's capable in both areas, especially from a backup perspective. I also like that he saves you a roster spot when you're traveling with an emphasis on the SEC uh, travel roster limitations. Uh, You don't have to travel a backup for both spots. Jack's going to be that guy, both at kicker and punter, and he's also, as we've seen, capable on kickoffs as well. Um, So that's a good situation if Burnup can take that next step. Nealon Bennett back as your snapper. Perfect season for Nealon in his first year on the job in 2021. So some positive experience to draw upon there for Nealon Hibbett. Your holder, James Burnett, took over endgame from Paul Tyson in the Iron Bowl last November and did a nice job over the remainder of the season. You know, if you talk to specialists, what they'll like about this is that Will Reichard will have access to his holder every day of the week. Anytime he wants him, practice field, game day, the benefit of going with another specialist as your holder is that you're getting that constant time with that holder and with that snapper. So when you got Neil and Bennett, James Burnett, and Will Reichard on one of the far fields working it out, it's the same guys you're going to have on Saturday. Whereas if you go with the backup quarterback, which Alabama has done in the past, Alabama's even used, I think, some skill players. I think even uh, Vinny Sunseri was a holder as a defensive back there for a, a bit during his time at UA. Uh, you're just getting those guys working with the operation during designated periods of practice. Whereas Burnup and Reichard are around each other all the time. So I think that's a good situation. Now, if you have a sort of oh crap play, you know, James Burnham's probably not going to stand up and throw a 30 yard strike, or you're not probably going to have the fake in as much as you've had maybe when you've had quarterbacks. And we've seen fakes, by the way, not work so well, even with quarterbacks at Alabama. Uh, we've seen them work not so well with specialists. Uh, P.J. Fitzgerald, I think one year had one that that didn't work out so well. But with Burnup, first and foremost, you like the continuity you're going to have between your kicker and your holder. On returns, you're seeing Kool-Aid McKinstry there on the top line for punt returns. Obviously, with JoJo Earl out, that's a sensible choice right now. Jermaine Burton or Brian Branch listed next. It will be interesting both at the H receiver position and the punt return job to see how that plays out upon Earl's expected return, which will probably another four to six weeks before that becomes more of a storyline for this football team. Kick returns, kickoff returns, Ja'Cory Brooks or Jameer Gibbs, followed by Jermaine Burton or Terry and Arnold. Now, when I see those designated in that fashion, what it says to me is that expect to see Ja'Cory Brooks and Jameer Gibbs back deep against Utah State with Ja'Cory Brooks in all likelihood in the off return role and Jameer Gibbs in the on return role. And what that has to do with is the off guy typically is the guy that'll lead the on guy back on the returns. 
run interference, get a block, kind of pave the way in some ways for the on guy. So when I look at Burton and Arnold, I would think Burton would be the on guy and Arnold would be the off guy. So, you know, just applying some experience to this stuff as we look at the return game situation for Alabama going into the season. So there you go. There's a rundown. We did it. We did it. We made it. Made it through the depth chart. Made it through another offseason. And certainly, we appreciate you spending every day with us at BamaOnline.com. That roundtable, premium message board of choice for Alabama fans globally. You need to post up with us there if you haven't already. And if you haven't already, by the way, subscribe to the Bama Online Podcast. We hope that you will do that as well. And while you're there... And even if you've already subscribed, if you'd go back and leave us a rating and a review, that would help us tremendously as well. But again, complete coverage, day-to-day, minute-to-minute of the Alabama Crimson Tide right there at BamaOnline.com. Again, Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair, going to help you get through the week as we get you ready for the season opener. And because it is an on-campus opener, a lot of recruiting to talk about. Visitors in town for a season opener at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Hank South, Tim Watts, they're going to have it covered wall-to-wall. No better coverage on the recruiting front than what you're going to find right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryder, once again, thanking you for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. And until next time, So long, everybody. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.